A few days ago, Karthik Iyer, who is the founder of an IIT Madras incubated company that developed India's first indigenous mobile operating system, said that Bharat OS, which is what the OS is called, is considering providing its technology for routers. So today, I'm going to be telling you a little bit about Bharat OS and why it needs to look back into the past to learn some important lessons. And in the second segment, I'm going to be telling you about Jeff Bezos's dream for the future of humanity. In one of the previous episodes of Daybreak, I told you about how Google, owing to its massive market dominance, had been found guilty of using anti-competitive practices by the Indian government. There are a total of four antitrust cases against it, but the one that I told you about was related to its dominance in the Android operating systems market. In India, 96% of smartphones are powered by Google's Android OS. It is a big market for the tech giant. And now, the Apple iOS, even though it is not as pervasive as Google, is also growing. Naturally, concerns are being raised about the safety and security of mobile phone users in India. Take, for example, the issue of the side-loading of apps, which basically means installing an app on a mobile device without using the device's official application distribution method. The Competition Commission of India, or the CCI, has asked Google to allow side-loading from developers to reduce its dominance in the market. But allowing side-loading will also require Google to ensure security for its users, which in turn means spending more money. So unsurprisingly, the CCI's directive has led to this back and forth between mobile phone manufacturers and Google. Basically, nobody wants to take responsibility. Google says that it is the mobile manufacturer's responsibility and the mobile manufacturers say no, it's not. According to them, it is up to Google and the government to ensure security for mobile phone users. Now, while all this drama was unfolding, on the 24th of January, the Minister of Communications, Electronics and Information Technology, Dharmendra Pradhan, and the Telecom Minister, Ashwini Vaishnav, tested Par OS, an indigenous operating system developed by IIT Madras. But the thing is, this is actually not the first time that the government of India is trying to build an operating system for mobile phones and computers. These previous attempts have some important lessons for Bhar OS. What are these lessons from the past that India's latest mobile OS project should learn? Welcome to Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. I'm your host, Nikta Sharma, and I don't chase the news cycle. Instead, thrice a week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. Today is Monday, the 18th of December. It's not just the Indian government that had been thinking about a made-in-India mobile OS. For quite some time, mobile manufacturers from the country have also been asking for an Indian mobile operating system. And to them, it did not matter whether it was done with or without the support of global tech companies like Google. In fact, many think that the CCI's crackdown on Google 
is in fact a step in that direction. A DESI operating system, according to them, would provide more security and safety for consumers. So now this endorsement of Bhar OS by the government is not only being seen as a challenge to Google, but also as the government ensuring a fair market for other players. Even though there is no information publicly available yet on Bhar OS or its key features, from what we know through various reports, it is not very different from Android and iOS. In fact, According to the Indian Express, it appears to be less of an alternative and more of a fork version of Android. Forking is essentially when a developer can copy the source code of an app or an operating system and create a new project without violating copyright laws. And we know that Google's Android has been an open source project from the very beginning. Anyone can use its source code and create their own fork or alternate version. So, is Bhar OS really a new operating system? That is a question we can only answer when we know more details about Bhar OS's features. For now, let us look at India's older attempts at making a new operating system. They have come from both the public and private sectors. In 2016, a mobile operating system supporting 12 Indian languages called Indus OS was launched by a Mumbai-based startup. Within a year, it became the second most popular operating system after Android. But right around the same time, the market was flooded by Chinese smartphone brands. And most of these already came with the Android OS. Indus OS lost the battle. The startup eventually changed its course towards an app store business. The Indus App Bazaar now hosts more than 400,000 applications and was acquired by PhonePay in July last year. Just two years after that, in 2018, Reliance Geo took a different approach. It bought itself a stake in Hong Kong-based Kai OS using the operating system for its keypad-based feature phones. Geo claims to have sold 100 million such phones, but now it has partnered with Google and Android for its entry-level 4G smartphone. The second example that comes from the public sector is the work being done by the Center for Development of Advanced Computing or the CDAC. It has been working on BOSS or the Bharat Operating System Solutions since 2007. According to people close to the ministry, the OS is being used by the Indian Navy and a few other government agencies. A public version of BOSS, however, was never launched because of the lack of resources. But now the government is testing a new mobile OS. A senior government official who spoke to the business standards said, and I'm quoting, India is one of the largest mobile device markets in the globe. Our objective is to create a secure Indian mobile operating system that could also create choices and competition for Android's dominance in the Indian market and a smaller share of iOS. End quote. While the idea of Bhar OS might seem very noble at the moment and quite timely too, its success depends on the lessons that we learn from our past and also China's. Let me explain. Indus OS failed because it targeted the lower end of the smartphone spectrum but could not survive the influx of Chinese smartphones which now dominate that segment. 
The higher end of smartphone users, however, will clearly want an experience similar to what is provided by Android-powered Samsung or iOS-powered Apple devices. At the core of that model is the network of apps and service APIs that truly make operating systems stand out. In the case of Android, it is the GMS or Google Mobile Services, which includes highly popular features such as Search, Maps and Google Play. Meanwhile, Chinese telecom giant Huawei has also been working on its own operating system since 2016. It is called the Harmony OS, which was announced in 2019. Now, Harmony isn't entirely based on the Android fork. But over the years, the Chinese company has built a suite of applications called Huawei Mobile Services or HMS, which is quite similar to GMS. When my colleague Pratap Vikram Singh, who wrote the story, spoke to government officials involved in OS projects, they told him that that is what the Indian OS project should be concentrating on. The game is also now shifting into non-smartphone territory like IoT and connected devices like cars, home appliances, etc. HMS is Huawei's tool to stitch together solutions across these many devices and platforms. And Google is expected to rule the automotive side of things for the near future. So for now, the success of Bar OS really depends on whether the government of India is willing to take a more wider and strategic approach. And now coming to our brand new segment called In Other News, where we look at interesting, thought-provoking developments in business and technology, not just from India, but from around the world. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos recently expressed his uh, interesting ideas for the future of humanity on the Lex Friedman podcast show. He wants a trillion human beings living all over the solar system inside giant floating space stations. And what kind of space stations would these be? Bezos said they would be similar to those first described by the physicist and science fiction writer Jared K. O'Neill. The science fiction lovers will know this probably, but it is called the O'Neill Cylinder. It's like a giant space station and O'Neill described it as two giant cylinders which are rotating in the direction opposite to each other. And they're around 8 kilometers in diameter and they can be scaled up to 20 times more. Now, try to picture this. Each cylinder, he said, has six equal areas or stripes that run the length of the cylinder. And three of them are transparent windows and three are habitable land surfaces. And there is also an outer agricultural ring which is more than 30 kilometers in diameter and it rotates at a different speed to support farming. The industrial section is supposed to be located at the middle to allow for minimized gravity for some manufacturing processes. And O'Neill said that to save the huge cost of using and sending these materials to build these space stations from Earth, these habitats would be built with materials from the Moon. In an interview that came out in 1974, O'Neill had even argued that life on board an O'Neill cylinder would be better than some places on Earth. And he said that this would be possible because of weather control, great climate and an abundance of food. And now cut back to 2023. Mr. Jeff Bezos wants hundreds or thousands of these cylinders floating all around our solar system because, and here is what he literally said, and I'm quoting, 
If we had a trillion humans, we would have at any given time 1,000 Mozarts and 1,000 Einsteins. End quote. Isn't it interesting how Bezos' idea of colonizing space is so different from Elon Musk's, who has been talking about building cities on planets like Mars instead? Tell me, if you had to choose, would you rather live on Mars or would you like to live on one of these floating space cylinders? You can write to me at snigdha at theken.com. It is S-N-I-G-D-H-A at the rate the-ken.com. Thank you for listening and catch you on Wednesday. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of The Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to theken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien.